We'll wait, Chad. God damn it. We'll fix this in post. Stupid craft services in this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were saying there's a square the, the, the scare of the Red Wedding. Yeah, the Red Scare, McCarthyism, all that stuff. Price did get named at one point. Right. He didn't give names, and it caused all these issues. But he also came up uh, on on one of the videos. Uh, I said videos. he was doing game shows. He did game shows. And most people, if they know him for game shows, they think of, uh, what's that, Tic Tac? Hollywood no, Squares. Hollywood Squares. Uh, like, okay, we nailed that. Uh, but he did one called the sixty-four thousand dollar challenge with Edward Robinson. Seventy-two thousand four hundred ninety-five did not work out. No. Um, thanks, Joe. People uh, can't do the math. No, no, that's that's true, Joe. Thank you for sixty-four thousand is um, a much more even number. Anyway, he was doing the game, uh, the game show, and the cheating scandal shows like or movies like Quiz Show talk about a game show scandal. One of them was the sixty-four thousand dollar challenge, and in it. He basically was uh, a, a celebrity guest. Right. And he did it because he wanted to promote art. And I've lost the quote that I was going to do, so we'll move on. But he said he did it because he wanted to get across to the American audiences that there were these great museums in America. You should go to them. You should frequent them. Because America had, had the greatest collection of art. art. Yeah. Now, and also historically, had, it also had the Statue of Liberty. Historically, you could argue that's because we stole it from other places. The, the world's, world's biggest largest easel. The world's largest ball of twine. I've actually seen the world's biggest easel. Um, I got a picture of me out in front of it. That, with this face. That's something. Mm. Uh, you were saying? But. Easel down the easel down so, the road. So, basically, his... his Brush with the Hugh <laughs> Brush. Oh, God. <laughs> so we were talking about art. That was intentional. How do you paint shit with a brush? <laughs> his his uh, encounter with Hugh the House uh, Committee on American Activities. Activities, started in 1947. That I was when the 10. And it named people like Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Groucho Marx, Frank Sinatra. All those people had to at least appear. Mm. Uh, most of them, the big names. Did what they had to do. Yeah. Um, but, so, Vincent Price had survived that, but it left him, again, he was scarred uh -huh. by that experience. Because, again, and that's one thing Victoria Price does such a great job is, how much it had been drilled into him that fortune could disappear. And he's concerned that he would never work again. Right. So, being on that gray list. But he started doing the game shows, and he did it to promote art. But on the $64,000 pyramid, there was a scandal that broke that the contestants... Had, and the and the celebrity guests had, were all coached and all of that stuff. And he wrote a pretty infuriated letter defending himself, saying, I was never coached. None of that ever happened. And by the end, that appeared before Congress. And Vincent Price talking about the, the use of Congress's time to talk about game shows was silly. Mm -hmm. uh, he said it much more eloquently. Yeah. Um, but thinking about that, so here's a man that, you know, if you get into that mentality of you're afraid of the depression coming in, you're afraid you're going to lose everything all the time, and then you've been challenged by the House on American Activities Committee, and then on top of that, you 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 know you did a game show to promote art, something that you're passionate about, and then you're getting investigated for that. So this was a time period where he was feeling attacked on all sides in some ways, and horror is what <coughs> where he landed, and and kind of. Um, and, you know, as, as the 50s turned into the 60s and things like that, it just became that much more of a connection. And he never stopped working because no. the 60s start, uh, 
right around the late 50s, early 60s, he met up and started making movies with a guy named Roger Roger Corman for a little upstart company called AIP, American International Pictures. Yep. And he never stopped working, and they started doing Poe films. And once again, if you're watching us, I showed you the poster for the House of Usher that I own that Chad says is in a real poster. And that was the first one. Right. That's my favorite. I'm curious, what's your all's favorite Poe films out of the Corman Poe films? Wow. Uh, it's that and then The Raven. The, Ra- the Raven is a comedy. It's the Raven is a comedy. Yeah, It's not Edgar Allan Poe at all. Oh, no. no, no. no. What no, is no. a Raven? Yeah. And he does, and there's lines from the poem. Yes. But no, it still isn't the Raven film I want to write. Um, that, that Mike probably didn't pick that up. I'm sorry. Let me say it as a whisper. Yeah. More whispery. A, a whisper to a screen. Call uh, me uh, Hollywood. Courtney Joyner. Um, no, um, my two, my two po, my two favorite Vincent Price Poe films are. I like The Raven a lot. I actually just saw The Raven recently. You've never seen I don't it know why I never saw it. But a lot I just of people, never did. Yeah. But uh, uh, The Mask of the Red Death. Oh, that's my. Oh, that's number two. And, I'm so sorry. And then, man, I, The Pit and the Pendulum really has a, a piece uh, uh, for me. I, 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 that's where I actually got introduced to Poe films and Roger Corbin was. In high school, it was a project of watched The Pit and the Pendulum, and I was just amazed. That's where I had learned about it, was probably right around late grade school yeah. and high school. We watched them when we started talking yeah. about Poe. I mean, I was already a fan of Vincent Price. I've been a Vincent Price fan since I was a kid. For Me God's too. Sakes. But what I was going to tell you was, is you're right about the mask. And I actually, I don't know why I didn't say that. probably is number two, and number three is probably yeah. The Raven. Yeah. But The Mask of the Red Death is because it is such a bizarre movie, and it's different for me than it is the other Poe films in the sense of, or the other Corman Poe films. I mean, it's it's, it's about devil worship. Oh, yep. What are you doing with my Doritos? I'm stepping on them. Oh, yeah. We I'm, would show them on screen more, but we're not sponsored yet. Buy Doritos. Doritos. Well, no, we'll, no, no, I'm Doritos. We'll eat Maybe. the shit out of them if they'll reach us 50 bucks. And a bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, Mask of the Red Death. Have you watched it lately? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it last year. I watched it. Yeah, just a few months ago. It still holds up. Yeah. It's beautiful. It has all those vibrant colors. It is so weird. It is almost post-apocalyptic. It's, it's almost, right. it is post-apocalyptic. It is post-apocalyptic. It has got all the. Um, I was not just going to say the Angels of Death, but the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse yeah. are in it. Correct. Right. Yeah. They're all represented. I just. It's. It's so different than the rest of them. Right. And. Arguably, in the Pendulum was pretty close, but for stretching a short story into a movie, it stays pretty close to the Does spirit. It? I haven't read it in a long. The time. Mask of the Red Death, and if if you, some people argue that if you tried to build the way the Mask of the Red Death, the castle was designed in the story, I've heard people say you couldn't build it if you tried. I don't know if that's true. Um, I'm not debating those people. Uh, don't spam me or anything. But, you know, it, it's this idea of... So, basically, the plot of The Mask of the Red Death, both the movie and the play, is Prospero, mm-hmm. Prince Prospero, is wealthy and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. Prosperous, you uh, might yeah. say. Uh, and there's a plague that breaks out. And Sam Raimi took that right out of Hercules, too. So. <laughs> uh, and he basically, the way he addresses it is he locks himself in his castle with right. everybody he needs. And basically, the wealthy and the elite get inside. Right. Right. And then he seals it because that way the Red Death will just ravage the poor. Um, and then it doesn't work out. No, it doesn't. 
Except for it doesn't work out for the Red Dead. I just, watching it again and having Vincent Price talk about his love of Satan and those Vincent Price <laughs> dulcet tones. I just, it's just, it, it's a, oddly, did you know Martin Scorsese's favorite is Tuma Ligia? That's not in, Vincent Price isn't in Tuma Ligia. Is yes, he, he is. Yeah. What's the one that he's not he in? Premature Burial. He has the weird glasses. Yes. Premature Burial is the one Poe film they did without Vincent I did. Price. I've never actually seen that one. That's, but he's I want to say Joseph Cotton. He is, and Joseph Cotton we'll talk about later when we get to Dr. Fives. Anyway, moving right along. Dumalagia uh, is his favorite. I, I don't, I actually don't have an attachment to it like I do almost every other one. Yeah, it's, it's What's not. What's your favorite? Um, again, I have split hairs because... For just the sheer fun of it, I love The Raven because you've got dueling wizards between Boris Karloff and Vincent Price. And if they made action figures of that today... And you have one of the most fun character actors of all... Well, they're all character actors in the sense. (coughs) Peter Lorre going off script in every scene. The story goes is that Vincent would get so pissed at him. Have you ever heard this before? No, I have not. Because Vincent Price, was that was the script, and you did yeah. it. He's a classically trained actor. Right. And Peter Lorre would just start saying shit, mm-hmm. would just go off script. He improvised all the time, and it would infuri- and he, they liked each other, but it infuriated Vincent Price. <laughs> well, and that's a <laughs> so great story. So a lot story. of stuff you see in The Raven is Peter Lorre just saying shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and there's a great story. Peter Lorre and Vincent Price knew each other well before that. Right. And there's a great story that when Boris Karloff died, uh, not Boris Karloff, sorry, when, when, um, uh, yeah, Dracula. Dracula. Don't get two shits about Bella. They, they, they attended the funeral and that made Bella Italian. And it may <laughs> yeah. be, it may be, it may be that perhaps Peter Lorre had some drug issues. And, and Vincent Price said that <laughs> No, he, not with that face. Mm-hmm. That, said that he appeared to be in a somewhat altered state and that he had a wooden stake in his car. And he looked at Vincent Price and he goes, just in case, just in case, just in case. <laughs> and, and that Wouldn't was, you love to be there? Yeah. <laughs> We've been at some fun funerals, but can you imagine that one? <laughs> and yeah, no, I mean, and, and so, so that's the story there. Um, but you know, so these people knew each other, and and the playing off of one another, and and so I well, love. He and Boris Karloff had worked together twenty years previous in uh, a Tower of London. Tower of London. Tower of London. Boris Karloff was the star of the Tower, Tower of, London, of London, and he played in one of the Dukes, and then they remade it with Vincent Price as uh, Richard, mm-hmm. uh, King Richard, who would go on to kill people. Um, but anyway, yeah. So no, he killed people way before that. Let's be <laughs> honest. Well, but you know, as we think so. These people knew one another. So for fun-loving, I can show it to my kids, is definitely The Raven. As far as the one that when I watch, I'm like, mm, it, God, it's, I really am torn. I want to say Pit in the Pendulum because I think that's Vincent Price at his most priciest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, you could almost create a box set of, of, of Price and Satan. Uh, movies with which are you going to give the other one with which <laughs> yeah but we're not going to get to the Conqueror Worm yet we've got we've got oh, we're, we're doing Conqueror Worm another Poe film we're doing this so who what's your what's it's, your it, it, it's it's the Raven for fun and then and then it's to, I'm torn between Pit in the Pendulum and and uh, Mask of the Red Dead Mask of the Red Dead good okay. God me and James are thinking the same way should we be concerned no, no I've noticed you've been, you've been hang- getting more attractive oh. <laughs> 
Now I'm concerned. Let me present. I'm concerned that I'm being left out of this gang bang. I need you to gang bang your way into my heart, James. <laughs> so um, they made a lot of movies together. He and Poe. Uh, he and Poe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corman. This isn't how I pictured it. And, and I'm been, dead as hell. And they've been <laughs> talked about on numerous occasions. So I don't know that we should oh, spend well, a ton of time. We should mention though, the Raven does star one other guy that went on to do some stuff. Jack Nicholson. Yes, he plays. Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. He plays actually the. Yeah, he went on to be in Little Shop of Horror. Yeah, Little Shop, Little Shop of Horror. He, he plays basically the boyfriend or the soon-to-be suitor of uh, Vincent Price's daughter. Yeah. He while this is all going on too, he he adapted my one of my actually my second favorite Richard Matheson novel, which is I Am Legend. I Am Legend into what movie? Last Man on Earth, which is still the most. Accurate representation of I Am Legend. The first time I saw Last Man on Earth, because I was a Vincent Price fan. Even though Richard Matheson says he never cared for it. It was hard to find. Did he prefer Omega Man? I'd be interested. I don't know if he preferred Omega Man. I don't remember him saying that. I remember reading the interview. And Richard Matheson has been passed on. He lived to be in his 90s. Yeah. But he's been passed away now for a while. But And if he watched the Will Smith when it goes... That son of a bitch is singing Barney? I think a lot of it had to do with the casting of Vincent Price was nowhere near what his... And, and if you read the book, it's... Oh, yeah. It's not Vincent Price. But but what I do love about, about Last Man on Earth, because... I don't know if he liked the Omega Man better or not. The, so no, Omega not. Man was a remake with Charles Lewis. I know, he did, like, uh, he did like uh, um, Haunting of Hell House. Yeah. And he did think, though, that that was one that should... And I agree... That's dying to be remade. Uh, dying, haunting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Last Man on Earth, though, I didn't get to see it for a long time because I couldn't find it on, uh, back in, I'm sure, made on VHS for a while. I caught it on Sci-Fi Channel. Channel, I got it. It was a midnight film on Sci-Fi Channel back when they didn't just show Asylum pictures. David Michael Latt, that's not an insult. We'll write movies for your calls. Yeah. Um, but the, the scene that got me in that movie that Really, and again, it just made me appreciate Vincent Price that much more. Is where he's watching videos of his family. Yeah, and he, so if you've never seen any of these versions of this, basically, there's creatures. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, there's there's way. creatures, vampire-ish, whatever, whatever you want to call them. They can be anything. Yeah, and they're they're pounding on his door, and you know, they're asking him by name to come out in the Vincent Price mm-hmm. version because they do in the book too. They they want him, you know, to. Kill him basically, and or yeah. turn him, whatever. However you want to view it. Um, and what he does at night is he boards himself in his room, and, and in the Vincent Price version, he watches old videos of his daughter and his wife who are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene where his daughter does something funny in the video, and he starts to laugh, and then he breaks, and he cries, and he throws stuff. And I was like, that scene, yeah. Because um, I think about how we deal with loss and stuff like that, and he doesn't have anybody to talk to anymore. And it just turns to from humor to rage to sadness to rage, and he keeps going. And, and it's just it's a I, it affected me. I really did. It was one of those movies where I'm like, this is Vincent Price. I want to talk about the Witchfinder General because now we're getting into that time. And yeah. later on, he would say it's directed by Matthew Hopkins. Later on, he would say that that's his best role or favorite role, James. I think it's his favorite role of that time period. Because again, like <laughs> many many actors. Yeah, his favorite role sometimes changed, uh, and there's two examples that I'm going to give that come up later. Um, 
that he said at different times were his favorite, and it's not that one. Okay. Um, and he and he would also say certain films were his favorites, and certain films gave him immortality. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so I'll talk about that more. And there's two different answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we there's there's two or three that you talk about as being his favorite role, um, and a lot of times his favorite role was he would say things that let him be devilish, or let him be something that he couldn't mm-hmm. be. Well, the Witchfinder General, which also is known as a Conqueror Worm, yeah. is probably the most nefarious individual he ever played. Yes, yeah. right. It's yeah. It, it, if you can forgive that, and character. also one of the world's worst wigs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, they uh, they were doing stuff. And it's a, and, and it's actually, place of Puritan. Yeah, and this is actually based. This this thing actually happened. Yes, it's based yeah. somewhat, somewhat, semi on a true story. Played a Puritan. Uh, what's his name? What's the character's name? Oh, and he's basically killing people claiming that they're witches. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm trying to get the simplest plot away. I would say my thing is lag. Sorry. Uh, he goes into not, he goes he goes into towns and says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna cure your your town of witches. Give me this." It's money. not Hawthorne, he, is it? Is it Hawthorne? Hey, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne added the W because he wanted to separate himself from his witch killing. Ancestors. Oh, is that true? That's that a good true. story. It, a little bit of it, it Matthew became, Hopkins is who we played. Hopkins. Okay, oh, he played Matthew um, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, I said directed by Matthew Hopkins. He played Matthew. Hopkins. If you, if you, um, I'm an idiot. If it was directed look, by Michael Reeves. Michael Reeves. Uh, if you look at the history, and this is a little side knowledge, uh, if you've read Cru- the Crucible by Arthur Miller, he uses Hop Haythorn who was actually a Puritan judge yeah. and all that stuff, but which is on trial. And Nathaniel Hawthorne was descended from him. And that's actually why Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote The House of Seven Gables, because he felt his family was cursed because of his link to mm-hmm. uh, that individual. So, yes, that is a true story there. But, yes, so there were, there were these witchfinder generals who it's, right. their job was to find witches. Yeah. He's not a good guy. No. He ends up getting his comeuppance at the end of it. But there was no... I can't remember a redeemable quality about that character. There was there? none. No, there was right? none. He was just a horrible. He's not human even being. fun. No, he's no, an no. evil person. He's right? evil. If I'm not mistaken, like Roderick Usher is just being crushed by the weight of the house and the family, the family history, and the curse, this, and the, yeah. all the all. The, whether you believe in the curse, or whether not, you but believe, the, the, or if the, it's the all psychological in his, damage, or the psychological he pain, what he's had to live, through. even because he's not a lot of fun either. But there's all these other characters you can think of something else. I don't think Matthew Hopkins has any redeeming. No, there was nothing redeemable. Right? Okay. Uh, yeah, and so which fire, and, and by the way, it takes place during the English Civil War. Right. And for those that don't know, yes, England beat us to it. That we we did a we did a remake. Uh, <laughs> anyway, because of Cromwell. Right. Anybody want to sing some Monty Python now? Ah, Oliver Cromwell. Lord well, I thought you were talking about James Cromwell. Now, as we get to that, came out in '68. But once we get to the '60s, we're past. Specifically in the late 60s, right around 67, 68, we would have had a little movie. Not only if we went to the moon now, or we're going to the moon, we would have also had a movie come out called Night of the Living Dead. And then in a few years, we'd have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And the tastes are changing, right? right? Hey, Ashbury is full blaze. The, the times that, that are blaze. changing. Yeah, the times are changing, as they say. We're almost at Woodstock, and by Woodstock, oh, actually, the hippie movement was actually already over when it came to hey, that. Would already turned into a mess out there. Yeah, and and the tastes 
and are changing. We're actually getting news from Vietnam where we can see people on our nightly news dying. We're starting to see blood and guts and the American, that whole 50s veil of innocence has been pulled back from us. Right. Mm -hmm. And the tastes in horror films are changing. So what worked in the late 50s, early 60s, specifically if we start talking about the Corman Poe pictures, right, are not necessarily by what <coughs> are going to work at the end of those 60s. Right. So what kind of movies do you see him in and he's still popular? Comedies. Horror comedies. Yeah. Horror com well, and Can I just, talk about Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine? How about should. Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs? Photos from that are in here. And she actually writes, look at my cool daddy-o in Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs. Have you seen those? I have not seen those movies. I've uh, seen the last 30 or 45 minutes of both. I've watched I've one of them, seen, and I can't tell you which one. I've seen Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl uh, in the Bikini Machine. Um, They're not as much fun as Dr. Fives. No, Dr. Fives. I, I think a couple other, and, and, and by the way, Witchfinder General, another one that's somewhat similar that is um, not as good. But as we go into the 70s, Cry of the Banshee. Um, I'm sure I've seen it. It's another one, Elizabeth, <coughs> Elizabethan England, a wicked lord massacres nearly all the all of the members of a coven of witchens, uh, witchens? witches, earning the enmity of their leader, Una. Una calls up a magical servant, a banshee, to destroy the lord's family. Um and so it's another one, English Puritan encounters dark magic as retribution for what he does. So as we go into the 70s, he is not only famous now for all of his movies, but he is also starting to do a lot of television. Right. Going back to Hollywood Squares, Squares. he is a personality. He's a well-known personality right. now throughout America. Correct? Right. And, and we're getting, you're, we call them horror comedies, but you're right. They're just comedy. They're just comedy. Well, and he's also doing more TV. Mm -hmm. That's uh, what he's doing. The Danny Kaye show, and he was on there multiple times with Danny Kaye. Danny Kaye, for those of you that don't know, did a movie with Fred Astaire. Uh, <laughs> he did F Troop. <laughs> I, yeah. Normally, we could pull out he was Egghead and Batman, but everybody yeah. knows that. I, did, I forgot that he was in F Troop. I don't think I've huh? ever seen the episode of F Troop. Hell. He is in one of the worst shows of all time. We know this because Bonehead said it was the most overrated worst show of all time. He's in the Brady Bunch? He's in the Brady Bunch. I don't remember him being Absolutely. in the Brady Bunch. Absolutely. He's in this, like, is it a cave, James? He's a mad scientist? Yep. Imagine that. Really? Yes. Yes, he's in the Brady Bunch. And that's just to name a few, folks. He, oh. If there was a top series during the late 60s or through and through the 70s, he was probably in the damn thing. I can't believe we left out the other thing that he did in the early 60s. What? One of the greatest, weirdest movies ever. And there's an entire Saturday Night Live skit that made fun of it in the 80s. What? When the beach party movies were huge <coughs> with Frankie and Annette and all yeah. of them. He did a Frankie and Annette movie called, called Beach Party. Well, I don't think I've ever seen it. It is. The Saturday Night Live skit that makes fun of it literally has them, you know, doing their dancing on the beach thing. And I forget in the 80s who they had played yeah. Vincent Price. But he walks over and he goes, what are you children doing? We're having a thing. Well, I'm going to go to this castle behind us and do nefarious We things. also got to talk about his biggest contribution to the 70s. What? Vincent Price's shrunken head kit. Oh, yeah. That's not his biggest contribution. That's his biggest contribution. We, what we should talk about. What would you, you, could take a, you could take an apple, dehydrate it. Put some eyes and some hair on and you have a shrunken head. Well, not only that, actually, my wife got me. She didn't give me that. That's on my to-get list. But my wife, one year for my birthday, found um, 
Milton Bradley, he did Hangman. Yeah. And he was on the cover of a Hangman board. It was the traditional Hangman, but it was Vincent Price's Hangman. I gave your wife that. So you're welcome. Okay. Um, he gave your wife that. What did he give your somebody wife? Somebody should. Uh, anyway. Um, he gave her a little bit of the business. <laughs> and business was fair to Midland. Business uh, was fair to Midland. Uh Finish up with this so we can take a short recess. Well, I, I wanted to say, so as we're in oh, the 70s. I got play on the monkey uh, bars. In, in the, oh my God, you, you made me look where. go around. Joe mentioned this already, but I mean, again, he played Frankenstein multiple times. He played Frankenstein for, for Red Buttons. He played Frankenstein um, for, oh God, all these different oh shows. Oh my God, James. And by the way, Joe, he was not only in... The Brady Bunch once. He was in it twice. I was he in played, Mrs. Brady twice. He played <laughs> Professor Hubert Whitehead. Huh. He lived, Joe's right, he lived in a tiki cave. Yeah, I told you, dude. In the tiki, 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 tiki cave. cave. And on that note, who wants we'll to push pause? And we're back. We have the combination of the air shield. Do you have to eat chips while we're doing this? The audio from the audience that listens to the audio are going to love this. That makes no sense. Um, Mick right now is pulling his eye hairs out. I didn't know you were going to hit record. <laughs> what did you think we were going to do? Sit here and talk without taping? saw him do the Easter classic Here Comes Peter Cottontail where he played January Q Irontail. So, have you guys ever seen Dr. Fives? Yes, I yes. have. Do you like it? No. Really? Mm-mm. I like Dr. Fives. Dr. Fives had that great slogan. It has Joseph Cotton in it. It has that great slogan, love means never having to say you're ugly. I'm sorry, I thought it was boring. You, of course you did. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm sorry. the sequel? I'm sorry. He rose. I know. Just because it doesn't have fart jokes every five minutes. Joseph hey, Cotton I'm sorry. was above that. He only did penis jokes. If they didn't have that 10-minute bean-eating scene in Pit and Pendulum, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. <laughs> well, they wanted to see what would happen as they cut them, if the farts would come out louder or softer. I've agreed with everything you all have said. I'm the one disagreement. I'm an asshole. Well, no, you're an asshole, then, whether you agreed or disagreed. What about Theater of Blood? I wanted to talk about Theater of Blood. This is true. I took a Shakespeare class with great... <laughs> <laughs> hostage. A, a Five great, days later, he great left professor, out of the hole. Uh, Dr. Miller, who oddly enough is an expert on Chaucer and the Hand of Teeth and Shakespeare. And he said, I never heard of that movie. And I was like, oh, Santa Price. And I was like, he uses Titus Andronicus for one of the kill scenes because I love Titus, I love Titus Andronicus. Um, you were married? I mean, it's a play, Joe. That's not legal in this state. Um, Once again, yeah. keeping the white man down. <laughs> Keep going. But basically, the plot to Theater of Blood, it stars Diana Rigg. You may know her as the old lady from uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Or, I know, you know, the Avengers. Actually, most people watching this know her as the old lady from I know, it's sad. I know her from the Avengers in Leather. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, she mm. plays Vincent Price's daughter. She's the mom, right? Yes. The grandmother. Yes. And, right? Yeah. Yeah. That spoiler. she has a great line yeah. in it. She's yeah. she's fantastic. Um but yes, yes. Uh he plays an actor who never he feels never gets the respect he deserves. So he, he attempts to kill himself, throws himself out of the building because of bad reviews. He washes up among the bums and the homeless, 
um, and is basically crowned their king and then starts to decide that he will kill people using Shakespeare as a model. Right. And that's the plot to the film. You gonna and, shit on this one too, Chad? I've it, actually never seen it. So it is. It is. It is. I a, think that's worse. You're worse than devil. You're it, devil, Chad. It is a super devil, Chad. Is he saying devil? It sounds devil. like he's saying devil. D-bot. Um, D-bot box. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. A it is a movie. It is a B movie. And it has Vincent kind of Price cheesy, in it, but it's Vincent Price at doing some great fun stuff. To me. It is in a category with Monster Club. Yes. Oh, uh, James. Go ahead. Don't you besmirch Monster Club. Go ahead. That's one of the best. That's one You're of the not going to say shit about the House of Long Shadows, are you? No. Keep going. I'm just saying. Uh, no, I'm, I'm still reeling from him doing... Uh, oh, my God. Did you um, know, while you were reeling over there and catching the fish or whatever it is you do as you reel, he did his own version of Monster Mash? I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, I play it every... Well, that just means you're not following me on Facebook because I post it every year on Halloween. That's oh, I've never, never heard it. I have never you heard it either. There is a video they made for it, and they actually used Monster Club as the basis of the video. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I didn't like Monster Club either. Uh I like, so you like it just a regular club? Actually, here's <laughs> Was a, there too much bacon? <laughs> here's a great, great movie. And by that I mean absolutely terrible. You know terrible. great works just fine. It's, no, it's, it's a terrible movie. I own it on VHS. To my knowledge, it's never been released never on DVD. Heard of this. Bloodbath at the House of Death. Blood, I've heard of it, but I've never it was seen made, it. Ray Cameron. It stars um, Kenny Everett, who was a radio personality in England, I guess, um, wanted to make a movie. And they he built it into his contract. They had a Lemonhead movie. It is there's parts of it that aren't funny, but basically Vincent Price plays this satanic cult leader, and he has all these followers. And it's got weird death scenes where somebody gets attacked by a possessed toaster and all this stuff. And there's even bad, bad 1980. This going to say Leroy Brown. Um, <laughs> there's horrible, horrible gay jokes. In you it. keep there's, doing a lot of redundancies in no, these. no the. Like, horrible, horrible, great, great. Vincent Price is reading at one point from an ancient devil book. Yeah. And he goes, you Super must, devil Chad. Close, yeah. You must gather together and use this a term for a pile of sticks in the historical sense. And one of the cult members goes, The F word. Yeah. I don't, the other one. Uh, I don't think we're allowed to gather them up like that, sir. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. it's bad jokes like that. It's not a great film. Um, but it's one where you said there, and I, Vincent Price may have worked on it for three days because he's he basically bookends it and he's in it a couple different times. But anytime he's on screen, it's the best part of the movie as a cult leader because he's dealing. It's almost came out in '84, but it's almost like um, the Spaceball scene. How many a holes do we have on this ship? Yep, yo, it's like that. It's that's how he plays it as a cult, and they're all idiots. And he's I was the actually only quoting one. this back and forth with Melissa, Melissa Nicholson last night on yes on um, social media. But yeah, so again, we uh, Bloodbath of the House of Death. If you can find it, I'm maybe on DVD in England. But I found a VH used VHS copy at a Blockbuster Video about 15 years ago. I rented it first, and then six months after I rented it, I must be the only one that rented it. It was an old copy when I rented it. They had it for sale, and I have a VHS of it. Uh, that is important. Well, break the MFR out. Um, 
but yeah, Bloodbath of the House of Death is it was a comedy in '84. You that, skipped a bunch. Oh, because I, I, I want to talk I, about. Well, I, you told me we had time issues. Well, the House of Long Shadows, which is one of our horror movies, you can get it on DVD on Amazon for thirty bucks. Is it is it an, is it a, a region free? I'm okay. actually curious. Sorry, this is I'm I'm actually curious. Continue on, Joe. Well, House of Long Shadows played our. Halloween party Halloween three years ago, two, two or three, two years, or three ago. years ago. I'd saw it as a kid. I loved it, and I and it was great Import, rewatching it with you all. Yeah. But it had Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, John Carradine in it, and um, Desi Arnaz Jr. It was Desi Arnaz Jr. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Star of Manimal, little, little Ricky, <laughs> little Ricky. Another so also when we start to talk about the early eighties, he hooked up with a guy named he, uh, this is no there was this hack who would go nowhere named Tim Burton. Yes, and Tim Burton's student film was it? Is his student film? Yeah, it's his film Vincent. It was Vincent. called Vincent, and it was about a boy obsessed with Vincent Price. Yes, yeah, and and, and, Vin, and Vincent Price did the narration. And what a lot of people don't know is that Ed Wood, one oh God, Ed Wood's one of my favorite movies of all time. And one of, if not the best Tim Burton movie ever made. Um, it's yeah. a, he's actually, Tim Burton took his relationship with Vincent Price and put it into Ed Wood. Because even though I love Ed Wood, a lot of that stuff is just completely not true. Right. A lot. And I could go off on it, but. What's one of the big things that's not true? You may know this. So I'm there's sure there's you... two of the big, the two, oh, two big things. One. Vincent, how him and Vincent, how how Edward and Bella Gosi met, that did not actually happen. Bella Gosi was he was close friends with him for a long time. They were actually he met through Edward's roommate. Oh, okay. And then the next one is Bella Gosi wasn't single. He was married the whole time. Yeah. And um, his wife was actually it was a, she was a secretary for a movie studio. She actually was there for. Um, uh, Bride of the Monster, mm-hmm. giving writing out lines for him to say for that movie. Yeah, so those are the two big ones. Was basic was those. Okay, but um, but no, he took his relationship with Vincent Price and basically turned it into Edward's relationship with Bella Lugosi. And a little bit about Vincent. This is actually I said I mentioned it. This is one of the films that he said uh, at one point was his favorite role, and he also said this one gave him immortality. He used both of those for that for Vincent. I did not know um, that he said Vincent gave him immortality um, because it was all about him. Well, yeah, that you know it was, and and he he was honored um, because you know there was, I mean, at this point, Tim Burton wasn't Tim Burton. Yeah, he was a Disney animator, mm-hmm. and it was, and Vincent Price found you know he said, well, I, "I want you to know I'm doing this," and but this movie is also important for another couple of reasons. So, kids, if you don't know who Vincent Price is, shame on you. But if you're a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas or <coughs> Beetlejuice, this is a historical artifact for you because the sandworm design yeah. appears in this, as does an early version of Jack Skeleton. Yeah. Um, as well as Frank and Weenie, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank and Weenie, he would make later in 1984, but there's an appearance of Frank and Weenie in this as well. And then in the claymation... Uh, the claymation version of Frank and Weenie. I think the teacher is actually designed off of Vincent Price. Uh, and then the other thing is for more recent, if you love the corpse bride, which by the way, if you go to the, the puppetry museum that spot talked about on our Facebook live, go watch it. Um, they have those on display there. They're right. animatronics, but um, there's a throwaway reference to Vincent because that the, 
Corp's husband, the the character Victor, uh, at one point, Finnis Everglot refers to him as "Hey Victor" or "Hey Vincent," and then says, "Oh, sorry, I've been mistaking you for someone else" or something yeah. like that. It's an allusion to the fact that they use the same head shape. So, was Tim Burton but, went on record before saying that that's his love letter to Vincent Price? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It makes a lot of sense. And it's a short film, and, and you should be able to find it online. But it is also, if you have the 2003 special edition DVD release of Nightmare Before Christmas, it's a bonus on that. It's a bonus, yeah. And then, of course, he, his last movie was Edward Scissorhands, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think his last movie. It wasn't his last, last. Movie. Is, I think it was. Um, I know that they had to cut. There were more scenes. Yeah. As I'm, and and, the, but it was hard for him because he was suffering from emphysema. Emphysema was a lifelong smoker, and he had Parkinson's. And he also had Parkinson's, so he was he was he was not. I'm not trying to be crude, but he's going downhill fast. Yeah, in yeah. the last few years of his, his life, his health was waning. Yeah, he was he was in his early 80s at that time, and he had multiple health issues. And I think that they what I I what I read, and I don't know how accurate this is. Please, Tim Burton, come on the show and tell me. Okay. I don't was, know if I can handle I think, that. <laughs> or just send us a letter. Well, no, great. Tim Burton's iconic to me. We could talk to him. I know, I know we could, but I'd be sitting here most of the time going, so anyway, come on, argue with us. But I know that they had to cut his scene short. Right. So I don't know what was also planned to be in the movie that they were never able to shoot. Right. And I would love to have seen that. Yeah. Because, you know, and he does, he has, he doesn't, he doesn't have a speaking role. No, he does have a speaking role. He does speak. Yeah. He talks to him. A lot of it is just visuals. There's very few speaking roles of it, but yes. So I've got the other one he said that gave him immortality, and it it has a special place in my heart. Is the Great Mouse Detective? Well, that was my next one. I was going to I was going to say, James, you want to talk about Radic? Because um, and 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 by the way, Disney, Disney, if you have an intern that has to listen for any time you're mentioned. Make more Great Mouse Detective gear. I will buy it. I will. I've got years ago when they re-released it to theater. I got the Radigan plush, um, and when they did uh, something at the House of the Mouse, the directed uh, vill- uh, villains take over the House of the Mouse. I forget what it's called, but Radigan appears, but never. I think he he's in the background. Well, it's not a huge Disney movie. No, it's but not it's based on a series of, of books. Yeah, um, which I've started to re- get for my kids. But uh, Vincent Price. I mean, I'll be honest. Vincent Price is the best part of the movie. It is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because he is just great. I mean, <laughs> I literally... No, I mean... Here he is again. Good, good, great. Amazing. No, it yeah. is Aren't the adverbs, song. the things that are going to kill us? The song that he does. So, if you've never seen The Great Mouse Detective, it is one of my favorite Disney movies because of Vincent Price. Um, but he has Basil, who is a great mouse detective. He's Sherlock Holmes from Mice. He has him and Dawson. Watson. Watson. Tied down. Literally, has it, they're going to die. And even Basil at this point has admitted defeat. It turns around. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Thanks movie. for giving it away. Um, what an asshole. But he says, I can't stay to watch you die. So I'm going to. But I, I wanted to let you go out with a song. And he records this entire song. <laughs> Goodbye. Farewell. <laughs> And, and t- mocking him for not being as smart as he is. And it is... I don't feel like you're doing this movie justice. Well, he plays a rat, and he hates being called a rat because mice control this world. <laughs> right. Um, and there's just so... the the He's just a great villain. I mean, it's no Black Cauldron. Um, 
I like Black Cauldron for other reasons because I think that's I would argue that's the darkest Disney animated. It film. is not even close the darkest Disney movie Cause, ever cause animated movie. Murgy or whatever his name is. Yeah, Murgy going to die. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, but so. yeah, the Great Mouse Detective. He does the voice, and he did say that was immortality. That that would be something because it was Disney that people would watch. So that's another one that he referred to as as giving him immortality. Let's stick with uh, the animated. What would be the other animated thing from your childhood, James, you remember with Vincent Price? I actually wanted to bring this up because this is relevant. So the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo, did you see? Because they only captured 12 ghosts in the series. There's 13 right. episodes, but the first episode is them letting them free. <coughs> um, they just released the movie to finish it. Yeah. Oh, really? It just came out, yes. Obviously, Vincent Price doesn't do the voice of Vincent Van Gogh. Who doesn't? Um, I want to say it's Marie, Maurice LaMarche. Mm. I may be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll confirm that. Hopefully he's doing Vincent Price. It, he is. I mean, it is a goal to try to make that seamless. I, I, I kid I, you not. Why do I think... I, I you ne- If you'd have put a gun to my head, I would have said there were a ton of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. And you're saying there's only 12 episodes. 12 episodes. 13, there's 13 episodes, but the, there's 12 ghosts that get caught. That's it. They're only yeah. made every 13 episodes. Yeah. It was a, basically a season and a half. It was a half. Part of that was Vincent Price wasn't cheap. Yeah. I mean, for a, no offense meant to voice actors. I love voice actors, but in but the no, 80s. No, no, no. It was paying. They weren't paying yeah. the money. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Maurice LaMarche is Vincent Van Gogh. Yep, I thought so. Um, He's also Vance Linkletter. Thanks. thanks yeah, Jeff. there you go. Um, that Wasn't that great? That yeah. was a movie. That was yeah, good. Good. <laughs> great, great, great. Good. 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 It's all good. Um. But yeah, so they did finish that. But yes, Vincent Van Gogh, uh, and, and that's why I love Thirteen Ghosts Scooby Doo. I never was a big Scooby Doo fan as a kid. Neither was I, I was a big Scooby Doo fan. But when they did the the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, and it was actual ghosts, so you had the Ghostbusters thing going on in my yeah. head, and you had Shaggy, and for some reason, I don't know why, Velma and Fred took a walk and then they come back. It was Daphne, Shaggy, Grappy, and uh, uh, Scooby. Grappy, Grappy. It was like a grapple. Yes, mm. scrapples. Scrapple. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. So uh, Hashtag liver mush. And they added Flam Flam, the street smart kid of non Actually, he's supposed to be Hispanic because that was what the studio told them they needed was more Hispanic kids. Um, but that's, yeah. So And, and that, that's why I love it was Vincent Price. And there was another movie he did at the time that was considered an absolute masterpiece. It was called Dead Heat. <laughs> But we've talked about Dead Heat before. I, before we end this episode, I think we should talk about his art and the joy of cooking. Uh, well, I, I think we still got more to talk about because you're leaving out a big, big part of why people know it. Why? What do you think? It, what, what am I leaving out? If you don't watch movies, but you listen to music. Well, yeah, Friday, I guess we're right. You, you so know sorry. Vincent Price, Alice Cooper. Yeah. And Michael Jackson, and I know we're not supposed to talk about Michael Jackson, but screw it. Thriller's a classic. It's a film with music. It's directed by John Landis. It is. And, and I'll be honest. John Landis said I know Michael the Jackson wanted to become a monster. I, That's how it happened. Yeah. I The Simpsons. And I, he did. <laughs> I know The Simpsons are re-pulling uh, season one or two or whatever. Whenever he did the voice. And, yeah. and saying they're not going to air that episode anymore, but. It happened. It is what it is. And I'm not going to let art that is cool be drowned out by the actions of one person involved in it. And I guarantee um, T Thriller is going to happen all across the United States next year. Yeah. 
every city has their own thriller parade where people dress up as zombies and they play it. And you hear, almost said Vincent Van Gogh, you hear Vincent Price. You're absolutely right, James. And the famous laugh, the famous laugh. Uh-huh. Um, people have asked him this before, and I finally found a book or a, 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 an interview he did where he talked about how he did the laugh. And I've mentioned this to Joe before. The way the, he says to do the laugh is to take a deep breath, push all the air out you can after you do it, <clears throat> and then laugh as long as you can without gagging. <laughs> I can't do it as long as Vincent Price can, obviously. But I have allergy issues right now. So yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to try to do it, but... I did. And you failed miserably. I failed upwards. But Ooh, somebody doesn't know the law of gravity. <laughs> oh my God! You're you're saying quit throwing that ball on his head. <laughs> now he's going to do a silence of the hams, Joe. Oh jeez, <laughs> can see it coming yep, from a mile away. Um, Son of a bitch. <laughs> but that being said, so not this uh, probably thriller is what he's most known for. But Alice, you the, think so? Uh, music wise, yeah. Well, music wise, of course. Alice Cooper, though, is what I know him more for. Why? Uh, the voice of the nightmare and the Black Widow, the narration for the Black Widow and all of that stuff. I if, know him. What, yeah, I but think I don't anything, think that is as culturally relevant, though. It's not as well known, no. But, I mean, if you ask me to talk about Vincent Price and music, I think partially because I I was exposed to Alice Guy. I had, growing up, I had... There's a lot of pauses here. I, well, no, I'm trying to word this correctly. I had friends that were older that were into Guns N' Roses and stuff. I thought he was going to say Guns. And they they were more likely to play Alice Cooper. Yeah. Because at my house, we had both types of music, country and Western. And Western. Um, and so I heard probably Vincent Price through Alice Cooper first. So again, it's a me thing. Yeah, but I, honestly, I don't. in terms of immortality, I think Vincent Price will always be associated with Thriller. And that's one of the reasons, like, with the scandal that, has it hasn't it isn't anything new it's been around they got oh my up. god that's the thing that always that, but we're not we're not going we're, we're to cover into episode. it but if something does happen and that song is wiped from existence because of that that's that's the saddest part of the whole situation of thriller is that vincent price's immortality will wane a little bit i do see it happening it could we don't I know really, no i really don't and i just because Every year, all across the United States, we all have these zombie walks, these thriller walks, and I just hear it all the time, and we just see it all the time. And I absolutely watch this. Do you think we'll possibly lose Rockwell? Somebody's watching me. No, because he did part of that, you know. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, not Vincent Price. No, I don't. Um, Just like (laughs) the Cosby Show hasn't died out yet either. No. Well, and I, again, it's separate the art from the artist, and that can be really, really hard. But I think there's something to the gestalt of that video that goes beyond my heart. Absolutely. And it's one of, it, and it's probably one of the things John Landis will go down in time with as well. Yeah. John Landis will go down in time with probably Animal House, American Werewolf in London, and Thriller. And it's probably one of the things that's added to because John Landis only ever directed two horror films, technically. Yeah. That I think he's lumped into it not only because of American Werewolf in London, but also because of Thriller, because nobody really ever brings up Innocent Blood. Although, you should go out and watch Innocent Blood. It's one of my favorite John Landis Vincent Price appeared with Alice Cooper in three Mm -hmm. TV movies that were done to promote where Alice Cooper did his songs. First one is The Nightmare, probably the most famous. The second one, though... I've never seen any of those. Nope. 
You really have never seen no, that? No. Vincent Price is in him. As he plays the spirit of the nightmare, I mean, basically it's Alice Cooper is Alice Cooper, but he's dreaming that he's a kid. <laughs> and Vincent Price as the spirit of the nightmare is pretty powerful and, and taunting and cruel. Um, in Welcome to My Nightmare, uh, Vincent Price is the voice of the spider. And then much later, um, The Strange Case of Alice Cooper, four years later, he is the narrator. Okay. Um, so if you're an Alice Cooper fan uh, and you want to see music videos that are closer to Thriller and that they tell a story, he performed them and Vincent Price did narration or was an actor in them. And it's um, definitely check out him as the Spirit of the Nightmare because it is very, very, I mean, it's 70s TV production. Right. But it is dark Kids enough. save Santa. It is dark enough to actually be, yeah, worth your time. All right. What other movies do we need to talk about before we move on to the... I want to bring up one other musical record LP type. Thing. Okay. And the reason I want to bring it up is because I think it is actually one of the coolest things that I'm thinking about getting a copy for my daughter because she loves to act. Um, he did a co-star record. And for those that don't know, there were some actors that got together in the late 70s and did acting things. Uh, actors got together and, and did acting, acting things. things. In other words, they would do one, they would do a, uh, a dialogue, except they would only do one line. And then you would get a script and you'd put the record on and you would get to act opposite of them. Yeah. And he did a, uh, one of the records and it's co-star the record acting game with Vincent Price. Uh, and it's, uh, eight different scenes you can do with Vincent Price, including scenes from love affair, the gambler, um, the importance of being earnest, and you get to act opposite Vincent Price. You're gonna make a Jim Varney joke, aren't you? I want to so bad. Oh my god! You just you want to see Vincent Price go? What do you mean, Ver? Ver? Hey, Ver? 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 Oh my god! You Actually, know, now now I want to see Vincent Price talk to Vern. Excuse me, Vern. I'm be so excited. I brought you this Christmas tree, Vern. Why did it automatically go to I don't know. Christmas? I don't know. But. That's another one. So if, if you're interested in things like that, because that's something you can pick up now, you got a record player, and you can act opposite Vincent Price. So he did a lot of things like that. So we talk about the music. We talk about things like that. We talk about things like that? We, we No, I mean, th that's a game. <laughs> it's not necessarily a re musical record, but it's still... he. Oh, mm, he also did the Witchcraft and Wizardry one where he read supposedly true spells. That's a that's a hard to find one. That's and expensive. when we come back in a second, we're going to talk about the joy of food art. So, what, James? You could talk for three hours. I know. I, I if love not without. I know you love Vincent Price. He's good, good, great, great. But no, he's great, great, great. He's three greats. He's three greats and a good. Now, we should talk about his book, The Joy of Cooking, and we should talk about the art. Um, the man was a lifelong collector of art. To tell a story, <coughs> supposedly one time Roger Corman was over at his apartment in the 60s. And Corman saw his apartment and thought, Vincent, I know we know what we're paying you. Why don't you could live in someplace better? I'm paraphrasing this. Yeah. And it turns out he was taking all of his money and spending it on what? Art. Art. But okay. the, the, no, no art. The other part about that, though, and this is true, he made um, Sears Roebuck. Sears. Sears, Sears. He and Sears in the 70s had a deal. And he sold fine art. And I'm not talking copies of fine arts. You could buy Picasso through Sears, yep. thanks to Vincent Price. 
he did have a true belief that art belonged to, to people. People and yeah. to the average person that should be did, able to yeah. get art. Art and real art, not copies, not. Yeah. And so he was a driving force and he struck a deal with Sears to uh -huh. where if you want a Picasso, hey, we'll f work it out on payment plans. Yeah. Or we'll, and so again, I use Picasso because that was one of them actually. Yeah. But you could buy true, legitimate art. It was fascinating when I was researching it because I knew about it, but I don't know that I kn knew about it. Well, let me see if I can rephrase that because I wasn't very eloquent. I, I knew that he loves art. I knew that there was something through Sears, but I didn't realize just how big a deal that was. And that you were buying art. Art. It wasn't yeah. like I, you were buying the Vincent Price collection. No, you I mean, buying... it was the Vincent Price collection. But it was one that he curated, and that's yeah, the other yeah. thing. He took – it wasn't, oh, a secretary is going to do it. He's like, no, no, this piece – should be sold, and this piece should be yeah, sold, yeah, yeah. and this, and, and and I think that's what's really important. Is again, he lived that. Right. It wasn't just oh yeah, everybody deserves art. He was an actor, which was visual, but he really did have an appreciation for the visual arts, and he wanted other people to have access to it. Yeah. Um. I and I think that's probably one of the things I'm most lacking at. I, I, there's a documentary I saw with Peter Weller, who's got a PhD in art history and art or whatever, talking about a lot of filmmakers not knowing a lot about art, and I feel like I fall in that, Chad. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's all because really it's all art. It's, it's all no, except <laughs> Carney. But do you do yeah. you think though that's a curse of our raising? And what I mean by it that, is absolutely positively a mother effing curse of my raising. No one, and I, I mean. It I wasn't available. It, it was not available. There were no museums. No. No one was taking me to a museum. No. No one thought to take me to a museum. No one said you should go to a museum. No, well, they just weren't there. And, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I was a punk kid, so I could have learned this eventually on my own. I've not yeah. taken the time to do it. I've not appreciated opera either. Yeah, no, no. But I, I've seen more opera than I probably... No, I've certainly seen some art. But I know very little. I know... It's a failing of mine. Yeah, I can remember, and this is to the credit, Mr. Thompson, wherever you are now, took me uh, to... Mr. Thompson, wherever you are now. <laughs> I, well, no, he, he took me, I mean, he took me to New York, and I got to see the Guggenheim and blah, 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 and all that stuff, <laughs> and the art museums. Um, the blah, 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 with I the people and the their... Modern art centers turkey and all that stuff. Um, and there's, a, there's much of it, I literally, and it's that cliche line... There was some stuff that I saw that I'm like, this is crap. Like, there's one, I kid you not, it was a white board, and it looked like somebody took two different shades, like an ivory and a off-white, and just did this. Yeah. And it was hanging on the wall, and people stood up and stared at it for hours. And I did feel at that point, okay, that's not, I mean, that doesn't do it for me. But then literally two walls over, there was uh, paintings that were done by a guy that didn't have hands, and he actually had a club foot, and he... Did art with his, and it was photorealistic. They called he, him. I can't remember floppy. the artist's name. If anybody knows who I'm talking about, tweet tweet it to me. Or Jumpy. Anything. It is no. His art was literally because it was the most lifelike art I'd ever seen, and to know that somebody did that literally, uh, a basically a pen in their foot. Literally. Um. <coughs> yeah. Was it a good good literally? Listen, Joe, I get passionate about stuff. And I thought, you know what? When I teach classes and stuff, I get hailed as being brilliant and, and ahead of my time. Hailed? Yes. I get requested to speak, Joe. I'm in my in the right field. I'm somebody here. You I'm know nothing. everyone sitting here in front of this camera has been requested to speak at some place. 
Yeah, but usually when they ask you to speak in the dog pound, it's just because they don't want to have to pay to put the dogs down. <laughs> All of a sudden, I want to go, it's a dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly um, what I wanted to do. Anyway, back to Vincent Price. Yeah, uh, his love of art was legendary. Art. Uh, and, and again, UCLA, go there, see his stuff. Now, what happened to his private collection? That I think was it massive. was all donated. Yeah. I think it most of it was donated there. Um, there is a great story, and please, somebody, if you know the, the answer to this, but shortly before his death, a I believe it was a Spanish artist painted the the black um, uh-huh. sails of the uh, whatever that were supposed to come and take you, and gave it to him and said, "This is the boat I hope to come to get you." Vince. And by the way. If you paying me a painting of that right now, I'm going to be like, you sick. But he actually said, he goes, God, I hope it's that beautiful. Um, and one of the things that if you do get to see Victoria Price speak and she does the presentation, she talks about that he lived in the moment and he never took anything for granted. And there's a great photo that she shows. And again, I'll tag Victoria Price in this. And if I've said anything or we've said anything that was wrong, call us out, please. But there was this great... Uh, picture she had of him, just a family photo. Somebody gave him a butterfly that was encased in lucite uh, type material where you could see all of it. Yeah. And the photo is him of just staring at it, appreciating it. And mm-hmm. she said he would look at it for hours and look at the glimmer of the light on the wings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you think Vincent Price, you know, in demand as an actor uh, on Broadway, He and, and the shows that he did, and we, we touched on Broadway a little bit, but it's important. He did Oscar Wilde. The mm-hmm. Life of Oscar Wilde on Broadway. He was involved in a production of Sherlock Holmes on Broadway. He did all these different... He he was always on. And uh, to also see this side of him, and that's one of the reasons, again, I've said it multiple times, but this book is is his complete life, and it's from his daughter. And, you know, there's parts of it that she says that, you know, I don't know the full story on this, but... Um, she interviewed a lot of people for this. She did. This is an older version of it. Um, I did get to host her panel at Scarefest one year. Attend Scarefest. Um, but you'll see that my copy is somewhere signed by her. And yeah, the listeners are really going to see it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, they can they can <laughs> tune into the YouTube. Okay? You know? Can but, you hear the pen against the paper? No, Listen. not because she's not here right now. But... I really do. What kind of writing are you listening to? Why are watching? you writing with a flushing toilet? A, yeah. Don't, doesn't that everybody do it? Mm. If you're writing a bunch of crap. No! Oh! Anyway, this is not. And so Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography, a new version of this just came out. I think she added some more stuff to it. The other thing, though, I did want to say about Vincent Price as well, as we're getting ready, he wrote books himself, not only about cooking and it just recently came back in print. Now multiple of his cookbooks are in print. But A Treasury of Cooking was at one point out of print for a long time. Victoria Price helped get it back in print. But it was the second most requested out of print book. I said The Joy of Cooking. It's called The Treasury of Cooking. You're yeah. absolutely right. And I'm sorry I didn't bring it down for our YouTube watchers. I have it upstairs. Once again, signed by Victoria Price. But um, he also wrote books about things people wouldn't think. Um, uh, Victoria Price also recently got another one of his books about his relationship with his dog. He was a huge animal lover. Um, and there were times when he was going through divorce and, and things like that. He's married three times. Yes. Yes. Um, and by the way, again, Victoria Price, I don't think I'm giving too much away. Um, she was not crazy about his third wife. Uh, he actually died before he did. I didn't yes, realize that. Um, but Victoria Price, you should see, because she tells some great stories that aren't in this book. There's a great one that she told at Scarefest about 
playing with Trivial Pursuit with him, and he never lost a game of Trivial Pursuit in his life. And he was literally, it was days before his death, and he was on morphine. And she, they played in teams. She always played with her father, and her brother and his wife would be the other team. Uh And they thought, oh, we finally got him, because he's going in and out of consciousness. And the last question was, and I'm forgetting the medical term, but it was like, if you have blah, 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 it means you have an extra... And he was unconscious, and they were like, he's not going to wake up, and Victoria Price didn't know the answer. And you'll know, you can look up what this medical term is called. And finally, they said that time was running out, and he literally just raised his head, and he goes, balls. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the answer. It means that you have extra testicles. And that was it. And she tells that story, so please see that. But also look for his books about, if you're an animal lover. Your Vincent Price impersonation was in Canny. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you it, when you use the word uncanny? Do you mean it to be sarcastic? Oh, good. Continue. Um, it's like the X Men. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I was actually thinking there's an actual movie called The Uncanny from the '80s. It's a horror film. But uh, again, just writing. Mean, you were referring to the old, the poor man's uh, Doom Patrol. Continue. But uh, the cooking books. Watch one of our other episodes if you've enjoyed this. Watch the Courtney Joiner two parter where he talks about meeting him, going to his house, where they were actually baking bread during the day, and it smelled yep. lovely. He really loved to cook. And then and also go actually, back and watch our let cars me go for back, one episode. And I, know, I know, Chad, that people can't see this on thing, but here's a photo taken shortly before his death at a gallery opening. You can't opening. see it either because you're At a gallery funny. opening, and you can see that too. Um, and you can also find a photo that looks very similar to the last Academy Awards he appeared at. And Victoria Price pointed this out in her, her lecture, her presentation. And again, it's great. But if you find photos of him like this, uh, what you want to do is look in his pocket. And it's hard to see because it's black and white. But in his pocket, there's plastic forks. And he would go around at award show and everything and taste food in the background. <laughs> and so he always kept plastic forks in his pocket. And Vincent Price is a man... With the same taste as us. Hey, yeah, except you wouldn't use plastic forks. You would just go with bare bottoms. <laughs> bare <laughs> bottom? Uh, yeah, that too. I bare bottom to the Oscars this year. <laughs> oh, B.B. Lewis. <laughs> but he Put loved, on your pants, He loved ass. food. He loved food. And, and she said, you know, they would be at events that were very, oh, hoity-toity. And he would literally just wait till nobody's looking, pull out a plastic fork, and do this. And he didn't real because he wanted to try the food. He wanted to savor the moment. He wanted, and so, you know, it's really just one of those things <laughs> that the more I learn about Vincent Price, and one thing I do want to, as we close this out, I want to actually talk about how I got introduced to Vincent Price. Um, it wasn't 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. It wasn't any of that. It's a Catholic church, isn't it? No. Another no. spotlight incident. No, no. No. Um, it was mystery. Uh, growing up as a kid, um, we didn't have cable. Well, how are we going to figure it out? I'm terrible at business. <laughs> yeah, no. It, we didn't have we, cable. The butler did it. <laughs> That's he how you got it <laughs> um, The butler came in that we had because we didn't have cable. Mr. Dickens. And he said, no. Um, but uh, the, the way I got introduced was I had an aunt that loved mysteries. And when I was little and my dad was working away from home, she would come up some weekends and PBS had mystery, and and Vincent Price was the host of Vincent Price and Diana Rigg co-hosted yeah. it for a while, and it would be the old Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff like that, or it would be you know whatever was that week, and uh, she would make popcorn, my aunt would, and we'd sit down and watch it, 
and Vincent Price was the host, and he always introduced it, and and that burned a couple things into my head. Edward Gorey did the artwork for the opening. That's Edward Gorey is burned into my head forever. I now own books by Edward Gorey. I love the Gashley Carmtonis and all that stuff. But Vincent Price introducing um, murder mysteries, and to me, when I was a kid, they were horror because somebody died, of course, right away because that's how murder mysteries work. And uh, that was a horror that I could take at that time. And Vincent Price, that voice became linked to the experience of trying to solve things and figure things out. And as I got older, it was always the voice that I went back to when I thought about mysteries and 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 horror and things like that. And that's why um, I'm saying this at the end. And if Victoria Price does ever listen to this, uh, that's what your father did give me. And that's what Vincent Price really does mean to me. And that's why I will defend... Uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is the best Scooby-Doo ever. Uh, it's, it's, um, all of that stuff really, I mean, it really was the stuff. You ever seen the mind. Creeper episode, dude? He goes around saying Creeper. Yeah. The Jumba Wamba episode. Jumba Wamba. That's what we had the name of the band. Uh, well, Scooby-Doo. Anyway. Vincent Price is I have a question for, the, for you all, though. Yeah. And I actually say about it, this is how I wanted to end the Vincent Price episode, if we made it to. Um, it's getting long. Vincent Price. I tuned out. Vincent Price, and, uh, uh, as far as p- modern day people that you think could do a Vincent Price impersonation, who are some of your favorite ones? Maurice LaMarche, I have to assume. There's only one. Who? Um, go ahead, because I'm, I'm trying to pull his name. Vincent Price impersonation. Man, that's a, I don't know if I can, I can, I There's can only one. one. Um, sorry. Give me one second. Do you have one? One of my favorite impersonations, and I never would have guessed it in a thousand years because now he's more known for doing Dr. Zayas. But Dana Gould does one of the, I believe it's Dana Gould. The album is Funhouse. He does an entire skit about Vincent Price. And it begins with, I'd like to hear that. Vincent Price is my favorite. Everything is how the line starts. And immediately I was like, I've got to listen to this because that's true for me. And he goes, he goes, and what's funny about, and he goes on to a thing about how you can imagine Vincent Price at one point had to be dating. And he does this entire routine about, you know, you, uh, uh, Dana Gould does a good JFK too. I, I want to go, I'm going to go hit on these chicks and all this stuff. And then he goes over and he pretends to get rejected. And then he goes, look at me. They did this to my face. They did this. You're all doing jello shots or I'll kill you. And it's perfectly done. See Courtney Joyner, the writer who's been on our episode, yes. and I'm trying to kiss his ass. Does a really good one. No, no, that was I was I, I was there. But I my favorite that. ones is Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Bill there's Hader. a great it's it's a Saturday Night Live episode. It's yeah. it's Vincent Price's party. I, it's yeah, it's Vincent Price's Halloween. They've done a couple. They've ones. done a couple, and Bill Vincent Hader Price's does a Christmas party. Bill Hader does a pretty good Vincent Price. And you know what? I actually and, and, and Bill Hader should be the guy that plays Roger Corman. Yeah. You know, the other one, that, and I and know Jeffrey Rush says Dante. he wasn't doing Vincent Price. He was doing Capote in House Capote? Of I thought he was playing. No, no, no. It's not Capote. Uh, he was he was doing uh, uh, shit. It was he, not Capote. He was, uh, no, John Waters. John Waters. John Waters. It's just his John Waters comes off as Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Price. Um, that, so, yeah. So, yeah, no. But, yes, if you've never heard Dana Gould, it's on his album, Funhouse. Um, 
Danny Gold wrote for The Simpsons and is he's been on Play Did you, have one? And all that Did you think of one? I don't have one. Bill Hater, Bill Hater. I mean, I, well, while you all were talking, I was looking up apparently Dan Aykroyd and Michael McKeon did Vincent Price impersonations as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have done them, but I know I those I've never heard Dana Gould's, but I will I will check that out now. Uh, but yeah, so again, and I think that's something that Bill Hader was on Saturday Night Live. How long had Vincent Price been dead? 20 years and shit. Yeah, that's least. what I'm saying. And so that's... I think no, he's that's, a cultural icon. Yeah. 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 And that's actually the question <laughs> I wanted to start the episode with and we kind of screwed it up is why. And, and I don't know that there's, there's a rhyme or reason other than he is a cultural icon. He's a pop culture icon. And I, he's probably... He's right up there with Frankenstein when we t- when it, when we talked about our Frankenstein of... And it's probably to do a lot with Thriller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what I was about to say. I think that's the reason why. It's because it doesn't matter what you're into. If you're into high art or pop culture, high art, lower, it doesn't matter. Vincent Price did something for you. Yes, I agree with that. Um, if you're an art critic, he's got books. Mm-hmm. If you love to cook and you're a high-scale chef, you can pick up that cookbook. If you're a beginner cook, you can pick up that cookbook. Yeah. If you're into cartoons, he did tons of them. If you're into stop-motion animation, that Peter Cottontail that was done by Rankin and Bass, where he plays Iron Tail... There's, so I think, and if you're a fan of Tim Burton, pretty much Tim Burton's career was inspired by Vincent Price. And, and right. so I think you—that's what he did, and that's why, much like with Frankenstein, as a fictional character, but it's been an opera, it's been a play, it's mm-hmm. been wherever you are in the cultural zeitgeist, it's there for you. Yeah. And Vincent Price did the same thing, and I really—and I'm saying that sincerely—I really do think that's why Vincent Price, I admire him still. It's why I have that quote that I've. Did uh, get off of Victoria Price and why I do have that poster on my wall. I want students to get the same message because I teach higher ed, but I'm not just interested in higher ed. And I think if you get nothing else out of this episode, I'm being sincere and heartfelt, and y'all can mock me in a minute, but I think I'm too tired. I really think that's what Vince. Hold on, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) He'll rally. He'll rally. But I think. Start doing the Asshole. <laughs> you need to do the James Brown where they yeah, come up. But, no, 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 no that's what I said Elvis and I've been James um, Brown. I am There ain't no way he's getting up off his knees. <laughs> the you knees on. are okay. This hip. This hip. <laughs> but I think that's the message that Vincent Price left us. That whatever your thing is. Where, oh, my machine. With whatever, Joe, did you pick up the dry cleaning? <laughs> whatever your strength is, that's fine. And you can do that. He was a great actor. But that's not all you are. Um, no, there's more to you than in your career. I thought and, he was going to say there's more to you than meets the eye. Um, I'm not a transformer. I'll um, never be a transformer. No, nope. I'm a transmorpher. <laughs> you are a good. You dude. are a dump truck. Um, <laughs> he's got dumps like a truck. What? What? <laughs> anyway, but no, and that's Vincent Price. Like I said, criticized um, fucking seal. <laughs> he. What? Not even the talented singing kind. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Kiss Rose from a whatever my ass. But that's 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 what I've got to say about Vince Price, and that's why he's still. I will buy other books. I will see Victoria you sure? Price. You will eventually I, buy I, some more books about Vince Price and a heartbeat. I will. I'm, I'm buying. Uh, there was a heartbeat. I'm buying his book about his his dog um, his nose, which I think was named Joe. See, there was a Joe that people liked. The dog. Yeah, he went uh, to the race with us a few years ago. <laughs> no, screw that guy. He he can unsubscribe. Uh, I don't. I won't miss it. But 
Check out Vincent Price's stuff. Check out Vincent Price's stuff. Go to Victoria Price's uh, Twitter account and her and her. And you, she also, I believe, runs Vincent. If you follow Vincent Price online, he's not responding. Um, but Vincent Price, I believe, actually, the the Twitter is at Master of Menace. Yeah, which was one of his. Check out Victoria, and if you're at a con or a place where she's speaking, stop by <laughs> and see her. As far as the rest of it, thank you so much for tuning in to Bonehead. Anything this, else? No, this has been a lovely two-parter because this is not going. <laughs> this is this is. I'm wild. sorry, like I said, we did tons of Stephen King, but literally in my life, actors that have it's actually inspired me. Can. I'm sorry, it's 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 a tick, Joe. It's I'm good, sorry. good. I'm sorry, Demich. I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. Not in the blue tick, oh. like a bloodhound gang. Oh, I thought he was doing blue tick. I like was Arthur. too. Yeah, yeah. I was too. Anyway, uh, but Vincent Price is is means a lot to me. So I I went on longer than I should have. I apologize. Yeah, we'll get comments later. I, that's fine. They can take their comments. Subscribe. As long as they buy books and stuff, they can take their comments, turn them sideways, bevel the edges, and buy Vincent Price's stuff. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Cashbox, and Kiss are all of our butts. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> and share us on your social medias. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bonehead. Uh-huh.